have deep breath. Everyone together? You're here. You did it. You made it. Look at each other and said, we did it. It's big. Getting in the door is big, isn't it? Well, I'm pumped that you made it. Um, I made it too. We're here together, and it is not a coincidence. It's not by chance. God knew exactly who was going to sit in every seat. He knew every story. He knows every story, every struggle, every joy, every bit of it. And I am so excited to be here with you. So it's going to be really fun. We're going to have a good time. Um, Yeah, it is funny. Lauren and I were breaking down. We're like, who's going to say what? And I'm like, I want to say that. That's the fun thing. And you say, okay. So she's right. I did. I did choose some of the fun things. I get get that gift today to be able to share with you. But um, the first thing I want to do is I want to introduce myself because I always forget to do that. My name is Chris Murphy. I don't have a name tag on because it's a sticky piece of paper and then things get stuck and it's distracting. So if you forget my name, come ask me. I'm happy to tell you. I get the gift for the next 11 weeks, 22 weeks, if you're hanging with us till spring, to spend time with you in the Psalms. And and I want to tell you one thing about me. I am not a Bible scholar, okay? If you are, that is awesome. Let's talk because I'm going to need your help. But you know what? I want you to understand that I'm just doing this right alongside you. I'm doing the homework with you. I'm studying. I'm praying. I'm questioning. I'm unclear. I don't know things, but I'm letting God tell me what he wants me to understand about the book of Psalms. And so we're in it together. In fact, your small group leaders, I would like you to do this right now. If you're a small group leader, raise your hand, high and proud. They're so humble and sweet. These people are going to be your very best friends in the whole wide world. They're going to be your very, they're your lifeline to what's going on. And, And like Lauren mentioned a little bit before, we are about community. That's what God's work. We we were intended to be in community. We were intended to study his his book together. And the book of Psalms, I cannot wait to tell you about that. It's just, it's all about community. And so I want you to know that these girls have been spending so much time already and you don't even know it, praying for you, loving you. Can't, can't pray for people you don't love. So they already love you. Sorry. And they've spent so much time just doing that and getting prepared for today. So just know that, that they are your lifeline. And if you have any questions, go to them. They're going to probably know a lot more things than, than the rest of us. Amen. Um, they will have answers for you. But today, um, like Lauren pointed out, we always usually start by meeting in here first. And that's fun because what we're going to do is I'm going to go over a couple little things about how the study is going to work. And then I'm going to share a little bit of background about Psalms. And then I'm going to send you off to your small groups where you get to do the really fun stuff and get to know each other, get to know your new best friends in the whole wide world. Um, But what we're going to do differently, if you've done our studies before, is every week we're going to start in here. And so that's, so when you've only had one cup of coffee, that's good. You only have to remember one place. Just come in here. Come here first. I'm going to talk for a little bit. We're going to have some really amazing special things that are going to happen this semester. I'm so excited to tell you guys that we're going to start our day with worship. Um, Avery and Hannah are going to lead us in worship in the morning. So when you're rolling in and your kids are freaking out and you barely rolled out of bed and the dog threw up and all the things... You're going to come in here and you're going to land in that chair and God is going to bless you and love you from the minute you get here. And so I'm pumped that we get to do that. So we're going to spend a little bit of time in worship. I'm going to say some stuff. And then you're going to get to dismiss and go with your new best friends and go to your small group and talk. And you're going to talk. And and here's what I want you to know too. At this place, and I think you're going to find this, especially if you're new to Rock Point Women's Ministry events and, and Bible studies, you're going to know this, that we are about relationship and we are about community. And so what's going to happen in those groups, it's not going to be a question and answer. And no one's going to look at your book and see if you did your answers or call on you. Amen. Anybody happy about that? But instead, we're going to engage in a discussion together and see what God's shown each of us. Because he's going to reveal himself to you in a different way than he does in the girl in the chair next to you. And so it's going to be so cool to compare notes. And so these discussions are going to be conversations. And what happens, this is what I love. I love this. As the the year goes on, you're going to have more and more time. Like people are going to be more and more chatty. And these groups are going to go longer and longer. And it's just going to become this beautiful relationship unfolding, not just sitting around talking about homework. So look forward to that. It's going to be really, really special. The other reason why we chose to do it this way is because we've had a lot of feedback of, of folks that have said, you know, Chris, you get up and say a bunch of stuff, and then we, we don't ever get to talk about it together as a group. And so we're going to give you guys a little time at the beginning of your group to discuss what you heard in the large group teaching time. So that hopefully will be a blessing to you too. So 
I'm pumped. I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. Just remember, if you get into the pattern, just always come here first. And there's going to be coffee and water and sometimes snacks and very welcoming faces that are going to love you and welcome you in here. Okay? All right. With that, does everybody have one of these? Does everybody have one of these? Let's just look. Shall we, shall we look at how beautiful these are? Shall we? I would like to tell you that a dear friend of mine who's one of our evening participants is the artist who did this original art for our covers, and it makes my heart just happy because one of the things we were talking about, we're like, when you're a girl, you like to carry around pretty stuff. So I'm, I'm happy you're going to get to carry around something pretty. Um, if you've done our Bible studies before, you know what I'm about to say. What am I about to say? Open the cover. Write your name in it. Write your name. I will promise you this, you are not going to want to lose this thing. Once you've gotten your name written in there, go ahead and flip over to page I-1. We're going to take a really brief glance at what you can expect, a little introduction um, to our Bible study. Page I-1. First thing I want to point out, this is like my favorite thing our objectives for this class. I don't know if you have ever, I'm gonna tell you this, there are people in this room, and this makes me, it just makes me so happy. There are people in this room who have said things like, I've never done a Bible study before. I don't have a Bible. Oh man, we're glad you're here. By the way, you are at a church, and let me tell you this, if you don't have a Bible, you find us, because we're at a church, and churches have what? We have Bibles, we can get you one. We'll get you taken care of. But it's so cool because I've got girls who have signed up who have done a bazillion, bazillion studies and have studied the whole Bible and, 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 and know all these beautiful truths. But you know what's cool about that? They're back. And you know why they're back? Because every time you open God's word, he shows you something new, doesn't he? It's not a one and done. Oh, I read Psalms. Check. We're done. It's what is he going to show me now? And so if you're new, I just want to encourage you because it's going to be exciting. And you're going to be doing it alongside other women who are learning exciting things too. So I love when I look at our study objectives because I feel like they're very attainable. Take a look at those study objectives. There's two things really that um, we're going to aim for in this class. We're going to aim for number one, that you get to discover the character of God more deeply. You will discover the character of God more deeply when you open your Bible. And that's a super cool objective because we can meet that one right away. Check. The next is this. Our hope is that you can grasp how the entirety of his word, the whole thing, is relevant to how you live out your everyday life. The little tiny things that feel mundane and insignificant, but then also those big giant things that loom like, like struggle and, and strife, but then joy and, and amazing things that happen that are like timeline ticks on your life. All of it matters to you. Over and over, I, I keep, re it's just so cool. Every, every book I study in this, in this Bible, every chapter, I realize this was written for Chris. And guess what? It was written for you. It's not just written for, for, for smart people that have big fat Bibles and lots of notes. And it's written for all of us. So I want to encourage you in that way. We're going to understand God more deeply. We're going to understand how his word matters. The next thing I want you to look at is the section underneath that says class format. And, and I'm going to brush over this really quickly because you're going to figure it out. Um, the way this is going to work is you're going to open up your book in just a minute. I'm going to show you kind of how this thing is laid out. You're going to have homework. Um, and, and it's broken out into five-day sections. And guess what? I have great news. Ready? Guess how many days there are in a week. There's seven. Five days of homework, that means you got a couple days off. Now, you can, you can choose to do your homework however you like. I like it broken out because then that kind of helps me have a start and stop point. Some girls like to sit and do it in one sitting. That's awesome too. You can expect each of these sections, these daily sections, to be like anywhere from like seven questions to like 12 or so. And they're probably about 20 minutes to 30 minutes of your time depending on the day. So you're going to get into a rhythm where that's best for you, okay? And it's going to be different than the girl sitting in the chair next to you, and that's awesome. That's okay. But you're going to have these um, daily homework sections, and so when you arrive here, you will have come next week, and you will have hopefully completed Lesson 2 homework. And guess what? If you don't complete Lesson 2 homework, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing is going to happen. You're still going to come, and it's still going to be awesome, but I do want to encourage you. We, we welcome ladies because we know life is, well, life is life, man, right? 
It's hard. Sometimes things get in the way. But I want to encourage you, just try. Just ask God. Like, this is a prayer, and you're going to learn quickly my, my very eloquent prayers. I don't pray real pretty sometimes, but a lot of my prayers sound like this. Hey, God, like, I don't have time. Can you make time for me? I, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you show me how to open this thing up and just spend a little time with you? And you know what he'll do? He will do it. And you'll get to the end of the day, and you'll be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't watch HGTV today. I studied my Bible. All right. That's a win. Just ask him. Ask him to open up the time, and he will. Um, but you're going to come back, whether you did all of your homework, whether you did some of it, or whether you did none of it, and you're going to come back, and we're going to meet in here, and we're going to talk about some things that were pertinent to what you learned in your homework or didn't. And then we're going to break, and we're going to go with our new best friends, and we're going to go to a small group, and we're going to talk about it. And the thing about when we talk about it is you're not going to talk about every question because we all have to go do life, right? We, and the child care workers are only here for so long, and we don't want to abuse them. And so you're going to choose. There's some of the questions your leaders are going to know in advance. We're going to talk about two or three questions here or there, and you're just going to have a discussion. And, and I, I'm telling you, man, this is going to be your favorite part of this thing is because you are going to come into a classroom with a bunch of friends that, that you don't know are about to be your best friends, that may look different and they may have different backgrounds and they may sound different and they may come from um, a different level of experience and understanding about God's word. And he is going to thread you guys together in a way that by the end of this thing, you're going to see, oh God, it's like you planned this. It's like you knew. And he does and he will. So I want to encourage you to, um, to, to just enjoy that and be in that. We'll flip over to page I-2. And at the top, I've kind of talked through it, but um, I talk about, I break out kind of how each of the week's lesson pages go. Let me have you do this. Let me have you flip to page 2-1, and I'm going to talk you through like a real, a real live lesson. You can see what they look like. For every lesson, you're going to have this first little part. It's little introductions, just me saying some words, okay? Read the words. Don't read the words. They're there. Then what you can see there is I have day one, and then I have the questions written out for day one, and then it moves into day two. And you can see kind of how it's all pretty much the same. I also want to point out something that seems very important to point out. I love charts. <laughs> I just got an amen in the back from Molly. Charts. Now, you're going to laugh when you read through this. You're going to get to know my personality real well as you read this thing because it's I'm all over this place. But um, I don't want you, I want to ask you to do this. I want to ask you to approach this with an open mind. I don't know if you've ever even opened your Bible and studied it before. I don't know if you've ever studied Psalms. I don't know if you've ever done like a question and answer. I don't know where you are, but I want to ask you to just be open. Uh, the blank pages and the, and the charts and things that, that can sometimes feel intimidating because we have this enemy, and I'm going to tell you, the enemy is real. And Lauren spoke a moment ago about obstacles. Yeah, there's a lot of obstacles in the way that got in the way of you getting here. But you know what you did? You overcame the obstacles. Obstacles are not redirection. A lot of times they're opportunity for us to step over them and say, not today. And so when you look at this, don't be intimidated by this. Be excited about this. Because there are things, you may get into this and be like, oh, man, there's like five questions and there's like two charts. She's losing her mind. I can't do this. And you may get to number six and you may answer that and it will make you weep or your heart will beat fast because you'll be like, number six is for me. You're going to have those moments. So just let God do what he's going to do with you in those moments, okay? Will you commit to me that you will do that? And, and if you have a hard time with it, call your small group leader. You know what? Let me give you a little tip. You can jot this down. Your, your small group leaders, I'm pretty sure all of them like caffeine, okay? Caffeine is very important. And a lot of times they like to get together with you over caffeine, and you can sit and do the study together. <laughs> but caffeine has to be involved. Got me? Okay. Now reach out to them if you're having a hard time. That's what they're there for. Well, if you flip through the back of this lesson... You'll notice there is a section called God Reveals, We Respond, and that's on page 2-10. I want to draw your attention to that really quickly. At the end of every lesson, end of every section of homework, I am going to give you this amazing opportunity that we're going to get to write our own psalm. And I know some of you are like, what? This is not part of the description. I did not know I signed up for this. Well, think about this. Does anybody know what Mad Libs are? Yeah, I see you 80s kids. You know what Mad Libs are. Well, this is a Mad Libs psalm for you, okay? So what we did was in the appendix section in the back of your book, and you don't have to flip there now unless you want to, what we've done is we've taken the longest psalm 
in the book, in the chapter Psalms, and it's 119, and we've broken it out into little bite-sized pieces. And so that every week when you do your homework, there's a section that corresponds in the back, and it says, um, has little parts of that Psalm written out in the message version, which is like um, a common language version. It's like a really easy to understand version of the Bible. And then we left a blank for you to fill it in and personalize it. And you know what's beautiful is, is you do that as you can. You know, there's going to come some weeks where you just can't get to it. But I want to tell you, at the end of this thing, you're going to look back and you're going to see this psalm that you wrote. It's personalized prayer, poetry, song, worship to God about where you are right now. And it's going to be a blessing. So I hope that you will take the time to do that. No one's going to check your book. No one's going to ask you to share. It's just for you and for God. And so that's what that section is. You'll also notice at the back of every lesson, there's a lecture notes page. And that's just if you, um, when we come in here and do our teaching time, if you want to jot down notes, that's fine. Um, we just leave that blank page. If you want to doodle, I'm not going to check your work. You can do whatever, whatever you feel led to do. Um, but it's there for you. So with that, you can open up your workbook if you'd like to page 1-1. And you can see that we have some lecture page and some fill in the blank there for a couple of questions that we're gonna answer about Psalms as we get started. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray, and then I'm gonna talk a little bit about Psalms to kind of get you just excited about what we're about to take on. And then we're gonna dismiss and go spend time in our small group before we go, okay? So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for, um, I just thank you so much for this room full of folks, and, and anybody who's watching or listening um, somewhere else, God, I love that we get to open up your word and we get to do it together. It overwhelms me. God, will you overwhelm us today? Will you show us? We'll let every one of us walk out of here today with one little nugget, one little encouragement that reminds us that this is not a chance and this is not coincidence. This is your choice. You chose this day, this moment, to start us on a journey that we will not regret. Father, thank you that you love us enough to leave us your word. You love us enough that you tell us all about who you are, and we are excited to get to know you in a deeper way. So, Father, be with me in my words today. I pray that every one of them is glorifying to you, and I thank you above all that you chose to send your son, Jesus, to this earth to live and to die for each of us. We could never repay that, God. We thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have this thing. It's my little pink Bible. And I laugh about my little pink Bible because um, you'll love this because part of my little pink Bible is missing because a dog ate James. But we're not studying James, so I'm good. We're fine. I did want to show you this because um, I want you to know that in that introduction section, and if you want to go back and read that later, I encourage you guys to choose Bibles that don't have commentaries at the bottom. If you have really big, smart Bibles with lots of notes, that's great. But during this Bible study, I want to encourage you to just trust God and just let him show you what he wants you to say, not what did he say on that podcast about Psalms or what did he say in my Bible notes or what did he say on that blog, but rather what is he saying to you? We're, we're really, really, really wanting to hear from him, not hear from your favorite podcaster. You understand? And so even in the bottom of our smart Bibles, which I have a smart Bible at home too that has tons of notes, and it's, it's really distracting for me because I, my immediate thing is I read the psalm or the, the, whatever we're having to read, and then I want to scroll down to the bottom and read what the smart people said about it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds smart. Okay, I'll take that. But I'm going to ask you to just not. And so I want to encourage you, like I went to Lifeway, well, now you can't just go to Lifeway, but you can order, you know what I'm saying. And I just got a little skinny little pink Bible, and it's, it's my Bible study Bible because it doesn't have any notes, just has me and God. So I want to encourage you to do that. Um, I also want to tell you this, you're going to find as you go along, um, I, I'm going to teach from the ESV version, and if you're new to the Bible, boy, I hope you sign up for that class that she mentioned. But if you're new to the Bible, just know this, it's, it's fine. If you have a different translation, just know I'm going to be reading and writing from there. But all the time, I'm telling you, like, when I say all the time, I mean 100% of the time. I will open up my Bible, I will read something, and I'll go, all right. Now I'm going to read that in the message. <laughs> now I'm going to read that in New Living. Now I'm going to read that in the children's storybook version. <laughs> but 
all of those different versions can work together to help you understand his word in a deeper way. Because some of us are affected differently by different languages and different wording. And so I want to encourage you to just, just explore that a little bit. And we'll talk more about it as we go along in the study. But do, do spend some time um, looking at different versions. You can get apps for that and that sort of thing as we go along. But I would ask you to try to stay away from commentaries until after you've done your homework, after you've come here to discuss and listen to lecture, okay? All right, with that, I want us to get started. And if you have your Bible, you, you can open it to Psalms just to look at it, but I want to tell you some cool things about Psalms in just a minute. But you know one of my favorite things? This is like a Sunday school trick. Does everybody know? You just open your Bible to the middle, and it always opens to Psalms. You look real smart, by the way, when you do that. You're just like, oh, I know exactly where it is, <laughs> Psalms. <laughs> Getting off track already. <laughs> Focus, okay. <laughs> we joke. Um, but I want you to know this about the book of Psalms. If there is one thing I have learned in the amount of time that I spent researching and studying, and, and, and when we did this study a few years ago together, this is what I have learned more than anything about the book of Psalms, is it was intended to study. It was intended to be prayed, to be sung, to be, to be appreciated in community. Did you know that? Like, it's, it's a real legit thing. These, these, a lot of these psalms, you're going to feel like we're opening up someone's journal. Um, King David is, is the author of many of them. And you're going to open it up and you're going to be like, oh, I feel like I'm creeping on his journal and I'm reading his stuff. But you know what's cool? Is even these psalms that were written by individuals were fully intended to be appreciated in community. And, and that's what has been overwhelming me as I've been preparing for today. I want you to understand a couple things. Um, community, when you hear that word, I want you to remember this. You are not alone. You are not alone on this journey. I think about community. I think about stuff like this, like counting down to midnight on New Year's Eve, right? Like everybody in the room's like five, four, We're all together. It's not like one guy doing it, right? Earlier, we got to sing happy birthday to somebody in the foyer. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. If you start singing happy birthday, everybody's going to join in, right? What about when you're singing the national anthem at a stadium full of hundreds of thousands of people and everybody's singing in unison? There's power in that in there. And what about when, um, when our hearts break and we have to go to funerals and we get in line in the processional? But there's something about it, right, that reminds you that you're not alone. And so I want you to understand, I am glad you're here to study God's word. And I'm glad you're here to, to, to partake in, in being more knowledgeable and to understand him better. And you're going you're gonna to pray differently and you're going to see things differently. But I am more excited than ever than any other Bible study to tell you that you are going to find community because he has brought you here for a reason to do this together. And so know that. In fact, the book of Psalms, I want to tell you a couple things about it to give you a little context um, in, in the Old Testament, which is that's where we're going to be. We're going to be in the left side of your Bible. And that's the Old Testament is before Jesus comes and has his earthly ministry. That's the New Testament, okay? So Psalms is in the Old Testament. And what we're going to do is we're going to engage and examine all of these words from all of these different authors. And I want you to remember, as you're reading every word, know this, that Back in the Old Testament days, and even in the New Testament days, there were these pilgrimages that would occur three times a year at least. There were these big festivals, and what would happen is any Jewish believers in, 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 the, in the Jewish God, which is what we're going to talk about in the Old Testament, so all these people that wrote these are, were Jewish followers. They're Israel, the chosen nation. You're going to hear a lot of that in the book of Psalms, and we'll tell you more about it later. But these people knew that three times a year we're going to this festival. And we're all going to gather our communities. It wasn't like one guy, you know, on his Vespa or whatever taking off. I'm like, no, they were, they were walking and they were making these treks together, hundreds of miles together as a community. And so as they're going to these pilgrimage, they're attending this, this festival. And so they're moving along in this big pilgrimage to get there to Jerusalem. You know what they were doing? They were singing songs. They were singing songs that were traditions in their communities and in their faith and in their families, and they were the Psalms. Interestingly, I looked that up a little bit, and, it, and, it, and when I looked in some of, these, some of these Jewish historic sites, they talked about how these festivals at their very core were community-building experiences. 
That was the goal. It was to come and, and worship God and understand and re, reaffirm your, your communal commitment to your religion, but it was mostly about community and bonding with your fellow believers. The interesting thing, too, as they're moving toward Jerusalem, I want you to know something about Jerusalem. It, it, if you've ever, um, like, seen it on a map, you may not realize this because I didn't realize it at the time, but it's actually at, it's at, it's on a high hill, and it's like 2,500 feet elevation. So it's like a trek to get up to it. So it sits in the middle of these three valleys that all come together. And, and Jerusalem sits right there. And there are these high hills on either side of it. And so getting there was not simple. It wasn't easy. So these people that are making this trek are hiking up these mountains together. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to be the girl in the back. So I'm going to be the one everybody's waiting on. They're like, no, no, you're fine. I'll be like... I'll just, just give me, right? So we, there's always going to be those people. And then there's always going to be the people up at the front that are carrying everybody's backpacks, right? Because sometimes, you, sometimes you're okay and sometimes you're trekking up, but sometimes you're the person in the back that needs help. And sometimes you get to be the person that helps. And so as we walk through this together, I want you to remember that we are making a trek toward our Jerusalem. We are hiking up a mountain together. And sometimes we're going to need help. Amen. Look at each other and go, sometimes I'm going to need help. Yeah, like today, right? To even, yeah. Community, a commitment to each other, a pilgrimage. That's what we're going on. And I'm not trying to over-dramatize this thing, but I want you to understand this is not just reading a historical book. This is reading something that mattered to these folks as they took this trip. And you're going to be taking it too. You're in their footsteps. It's awesome, isn't it? Well... Some fun facts about Psalms I thought you might enjoy that are fun. Um, there's 150 little chapters in the book of Psalms. So if you open up your Bible to the book of Psalms, you'll see that like there's these numbers, right? And those numbers are individually, like that's how the um, people that arranged the Bible, they, they put them in here so that you'd be able to look and see each one of these was an individual Psalm. And what you'll learn soon is that they were written by different people. It's not like one continuous historical thing, Okay. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But there's 150 of them in the book of Psalms. We're going to cover a lot of them. It'll be fun. Um, they're prayers and poems and songs, and they express a wide variety of emotions and experiences and responses. It's in the Old Testament, like I mentioned before, so it's in the left side, okay, before Jesus makes his appearance on earth as a man. It's the largest book of the Bible, and this is a fact that I loved. It is the most frequently quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. Do you know that? Over 400 times it's referenced or alluded to in the New Testament. Jesus quotes Psalms on 11 occasions. That's cool, right? It's not ordered in chronological order like a historical book, but rather it's arranged into five collections. And we'll talk more about that as we study. But I want you to remember, when you start with Psalm 1 and you end with Psalm 150, it's not like you're moving through on a timeline. But we have little hints and little pieces of information that help us kind of know what was going on at the time or who wrote it. And then some of them are completely mysterious and we know nothing. It's anonymous. It's as though God wanted to veil that so that we could own it. And so it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see what each of these psalms are and where they fit into the big equation. A couple of things I've, I've read about psalms. I love these quotes because the more... I will, okay, I'll tell you this. This is going to happen too, and I can't wait to hear about it. What happens when you open the book of psalms and you really start studying is you're going to see them everywhere. Do you know that? If any of you studied psalms with us back in 2015, you can probably attest to this. They're everywhere. They're quoted everywhere. They're sung everywhere. Guys, I was in Belize on a mission trip on a school bus with no air conditioning in the middle of a jungle, and guess what I saw? I saw a, 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 a building with it spray painted on the side, Psalm 119, and I'm like, no joke, they're everywhere. I hope you find those places in your jungles where you're going to see that God is speaking psalms into our lives all the time. It's super cool. You're going to see it, I promise. But a couple of uh, quotes that I, that I found that just were inspiring to me about as we take on this, this journey together. Eugene Peterson, he's the, um, the pastor and Bible translator that translated the message. And you know what's interesting about the message, I don't know if you know this, if you're familiar with it, it started out simply as a translation of the Psalms. 
He said when he was asked, why, why did you start doing this? Why did you start translating these psalms into this everyday language? And he said this, because I have so many friends that are intimidated by the Bible and need encouragement in life, and they, they didn't feel like they could read it and understand it. So he said, so I decided to prove them wrong. Love that. Well, he says this about the psalms. He says, faced with the prospect of a conversation with a holy God who speaks worlds into being, it is not surprising that we have trouble praying and speaking to God. We feel awkward and we feel out of place. I'm not good enough for this. I'll wait until I clean up my act and I'll prove that I'm a decent person before I go to God in prayer. My usual response when presented with these difficulties is to put the Psalms in a person's hand and say, go home and pray these. You've got the wrong idea about prayer and praise, and the praying that you will find in these psalms will dispel the wrong ideas and introduce you to the real thing. That's what you're about to take on. Another great theologian, Bono, anyone? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm looking for, children of the 80s. No, Bono, Bono if, you, if you don't know this, he has a great um, affection for the Psalms. He said they actually, and, and he speaks specifically about the message translation. He said they turned his faith around and reignited him. And he says this, and I love this. This is like such a, I will not say it in an Irish brogue because that would be just offensive. But he, he says, I want you to, it's so rock and roll the way he says this, but I love it because it's gritty. Bono says this about the Psalms. They have a rawness and a brutal honesty about explosive joy and the deep sorrow or confusion that sets the Psalms apart. Brutal honesty and rawness. If you came in here today thinking you're going to get some fluffy, feel good about, you know, you're going to have people that are so honest before God, they're laying on the ground broken, crying out to him, saying, how long, how long? Anybody ever been there? That's what you're going to love about the Psalms is they are going to be your voice in these words. Another quote, Martin Luther says this, said this, um, the Psalter, which is actually, you're going to hear that sometimes, and that's sometimes the word that we use that, that contains all of the 150 Psalms. They call it the Psalter. Um, he says they, they, might has, they might well be called the little Bible. In it comprehended most beautifully and briefly everything that is in the entire Bible. So that anyone who could not read the whole Bible would have anyway almost an entire summary of it comprised in one book. You are about to take on that which Martin Luther claims is the small Bible. Every emotion, every reaction that we can imagine in life, we're about to experience. And the last thing C.S. Lewis said this, the most valuable thing the Psalms do for me is they express the same delight in God which made David dance. Amen. That's what you're about to take on. Well, I'm going to answer those couple of questions for you, and then, and then we're going to close up, and I'm going to let you guys go talk about it, talk about why you're here and, and all the good things. So um, you'll see that I think there's like four or five questions there, and we're just going hit, to hit them quickly because as we study, you're going to learn more and more about these questions and have them answered too. But I wanted to give you a good background, a good start, because the one thing in our Bible studies we like to try to do is, yeah, it's, it's great, and God is going to honor it if you just open it and start reading it and ask him, what does this mean? Help me with this. But what's even cooler is that we have the gift of historical context and, and background that can help us put our feet on the ground and go, oh, that's why they're saying this. Now I understand. This is who it was written to. This is why, and this is when. And so it matters. This is valuable. So I hope that you'll pay attention, and I hope that you'll remember these things as you study so the first question, who wrote the book of Psalms? Anybody have any answers for that? Got any guesses? God. Oh, that was such a Sunday school. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. Always God. Yes. Good answer. Um, yes, God did inspire the words for sure, but there were actually seven authors that participated. At least seven authors, I should say. There's a few that are anonymous. We're not sure. Often, um, when I first approached the Psalms, I thought it was David, King David. You may have heard that. Well, he, he wrote most of them. Most of them are attributed to him, probably around 75 of them. Sons of Korah, which you'll learn about those people. It's a group of people that had a responsibility in the temple in Jerusalem, and so we'll learn about them more. But they wrote 12. A guy named Asaph, 
he wrote 12. Oh, excuse me, Sons of Korah, they wrote 10. Asaph wrote 12. There were other authors that wrote a few here and there. King Solomon wrote two. Moses wrote one. Did you know that? That was new information for me. Herman wrote one. Ethan wrote one. And then there's about 48 that we just don't know. I love that mystery. I love that there's a purpose in us not actually knowing. And so we're going to approach those and we're going to talk about those each week when we go over them. When was it written? Well, this is what's amazing. The book of Psalms was written over a time period that spans between 900 and 1,000 years. Does that blow your mind a little bit? It wasn't like one guy sat down with a pen and said, and here we go. 900 to 1,000 years. It starts from Moses' time, which is around 1410 B.C., and it goes into the late um, 6th century, early 5th century. To whom was it written? To whom was it written? Listen, it was written to the people of God. Guess what? I got good news. That's you. It's all of us. It was primarily at the time intended for public worship, meaning that sometimes they were meaningful or written by individuals, but they were intended to be public in nature. I mentioned that before about the trek that they took to Jerusalem and the singing of these psalms. But I want you to consider this in our modern day. Think about like when you go to church and you hear an old hymn. Anybody? One guy probably wrote that thing, and he had these experiences that he was writing about and feeling and talking about and dealing with. And then we get to stand, and I cry every Sunday when I hear all hymns, so I'm just going to warn you in advance. But, and then we get to stand and sing it together, and there's so much power in that, right? One guy's word turns into this community of believers gathering together and lifting it up to God. That's what the Psalms are. The people of God sang the Psalms from the time of Moses and most notably in the reign of David. Jesus sang them. The apostles sang them. New Testament church sang them. And like I mentioned before, you're going to start noticing that you are singing them too. And sometimes we just didn't even know it. Well, what style was Psalms written in? Psalms is written in a poetic style, poetry which I'm going to be brutally honest right now. When I first started studying the Bible, I was all about gathering information. I was all about the facts, the head knowledge. I'm like, I have the heart thing. Like, I love you, Jesus. That's why I want to read this. But now I want to gather some information. I want to have some background about the things that happened. And little did I know that I was missing out because I was avoiding reading poetry, thinking, no, man, I need to know the chronological order of what was going on. And all the while, poetry is sitting in front of me, 150 chapters of poetry that's the language of experience. It's the language of experience. It's a special use of language, and it's not designated to basically, you know, communicate information. Instead, it's going to give this powerful communicative ability, and I think you're going to see it. They express the full range of human emotion. There's power in these words. Some of the elements you're going to see, some poetic elements we'll see, and we'll talk a little bit about the technical stuff as we go along, but you're going to see, you're going to hear me talk about this word parallelism, and you're going to, it's over and over. You're going to see it often in the book of Psalms, and what that is is that's just intentionally connecting two parts of a verse or, a, or um, a, a, maybe a couple of verses, and basically they express the same thought to, through different words or verses. Here's, here's an example. It's like... Um, if I were to say to you, the grass is so green, and then the next part of my sentence, I would be like, and the, and the, and the grass, it was so green. No, that was not a bad that's not a good example. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. You're going to say the same thing twice, but in two different ways. I am not a psalmist. Okay, are we clear? Okay. But the beautiful thing is this. Like, if you've studied the Bible with us before, and we just got to come off of reading Paul's letters, and that was so cool. And you know what I love is you are going to find often in God's word that sometimes things are repeated, aren't they? And sometimes you're going to hear a name repeated, or you're going to hear a phrase like this parallelism repeated in two different ways. And those are the moments we do what? Stop and take notice. Because if something's repeated, it's not an accident. It was not a typo, guys. When Jesus says to Peter, 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 you don't think, it wasn't an act. He didn't just forget his name. There's power in the repetition. 
okay? And so that's what you're going to see with parallelism. We're going to see some repetition, and sometimes you're going to see it and go, oh, wow, I didn't even, it was very hidden, and I didn't see it right away. So I'm excited for you to investigate that. You're going to see some acrostics and some alphabetical arrangements and metaphors and musical terms. And I want to remind you as you read this and you think about the poetry that it is, know this. There was not some guy sitting with his iMac typing all this stuff out. These people, this was an oral tradition. When they're singing these songs and they're repeating and praying these, these hymns of praise, they're memorizing this stuff. And so a lot of these um, poetic uh, um, elements are for that purpose. Because it helps them remember. Think about little kids that sing those sing-songy elementary school songs that make, your, make you want to scratch your eyes out, right? Because you're just like, stop already. Well, it's easy to remember because when it put to music and we have these, these rhyming elements and things, it helps us remember. So know that when you see these things, they were intentional. They had purpose. Well, there are five different types, I'll just throw this in, of psalms. You, you, will, you will see as we go through that some of them are, are wisdom psalms meaning there's instruction for right living. I think Solomon is the one who wrote a couple of the wisdom psalms. There's laments, and that's exactly what it sounds like. It's dealing with struggles of life. You're going to see lots of questions and words like, how long, how long? We can relate to those, can't we? Wisdom, laments. You're going to see praises. There's praise psalms, and those extol the greatness of God. You know, one of the things I love about our, our um, leader team, and you can know this, is when we get together, the first thing we do is pray. And you know what the very first part of our prayer is? It's praising him for who he is. Not for what um, is going to happen or not asking for things, but rather, God, you are the God who blank. You are the God who protects. You are the God who leads. You are the God who sees. You are the God who knows. And that's what praise is. You're going to see that everywhere. You're going to see that in Psalms that are lamenting and sad. And then halfway through, they turn around and say, yeah, but God, this is who you are. And it's going to blow your mind. And it's going to touch your heart. So you're going to see some royal psalms as well. And those are psalms that deal with the events of a king's life. They document some events of king's lives. And you may be like, well, I'm not going to relate to that. You will relate to that, and we'll, we'll explain that later. And then finally, you'll see some Thanksgiving psalms, the ones that are just all about thanking God. I'm excited to do that with you. The last thing I want you to know as you walk into um, this time is this, that there are going to be central themes of Psalms that bubble up to the surface. And there's really two that I feel like we, I, I, my hope for you, my prayer for you and for me is that we can understand these two central themes that you're going to see over and over. The first is this, and I hope you hear me. If you hear nothing else, will you hear me on this? God is not an indifferent observer. God is not an indifferent observer. He cares about every minute, every decision, everything about your life. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. And you're going to see these people, these psalmists are going to cry out the same way. God, where are you? Where are you? But he's not indifferent to you. The second is this. You can trust him with your whole heart in everything every moment of your life. You can trust God with your whole heart in every moment of your life. As Bono said, with rawness and brutal honesty in times of explosive joy and the deep sorrow or confusion that is in your life, you can trust him. I talked in the beginning about a mountain and about trekking up that mountain in Jerusalem when they're on their way and they're singing the songs and they're all doing it together and there's nobody by themselves and there's nobody left behind. And I want to share one story um, with you guys as we um, take off and head out to our small groups. I want to share with you, um, you know, summer just ended and, and I got to go on a really neat trip this summer. And I, I, if you know me, you know that I love to go to the mountains and we usually end our summer with time in Colorado and the mountains. And this year was no different. But this year, as we're preparing for Psalms, something came up. I saw something, a moment captured that has just been like God going, this is what, this is what I want you to remember as you trek through these 11 weeks. 
I want you to remember this moment, this image. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just give you a brief overview of what this looks like, okay? If you know me very well um, and you've been, we've been friends or we've done studies together, you know that my son, my oldest kid, he's 20 and he goes to Baylor and he, um, he had a really bad mountain biking accident a couple years ago, two years ago actually now. And he races mountain bikes, like that's his passion, that's like his thing. And so he had this really bad accident and it resulted in two years of surgeries and pick lines and college semesters lost. And I, you know, I'm the mom, so, you know, it was harder on me than him, right? (laughs) But the thing about him is that all along I'm thinking, okay, well maybe we're gonna find a new hobby, like with air conditioning and padding or something. But no, you know what he said, like the day we're in the ER, you know, and he's getting stitched up and put back together. And immediately he says to me, I can't wait to get back on my bike. And so me, again, the mom that I am, was so encouraging, not encouraging, scared, I was scared. And he put this date on the calendar and he goes, Mom, um, as soon as I get clearance to ride, I'm going to train for this race that he had done once before as a big life moment. And it's in Leadville, Colorado, and it's called the Leadville Trail 100. And as you can imagine, it's 100 miles. And in Leadville, I don't know if you've been there, let me tell you how to imagine it. So, like, close your eyes and imagine beautiful mountains. Now pretend like you have a straw. Now put the straw in your mouth, and I want you to breathe through the straw (laughs) and imagine pedaling up a mountain for 100 miles. That's what that race is. So me, air conditioning, padding mom, I'm like, what are you even talking about? That's a terrible decision. Don't do that but not my kid. He decided he's going to do this race. So we sign up. We are all up there. And here's what's cool about this race is um, you can't do this by yourself. And I don't mean the 1,700 other racers that are signed up. I mean you have to have a crew. And and when you have a crew on a 100-mile race, as you can imagine, the crew is important. And the crew carries the stuff that you need, your fuel and your hydration. The crew has things like mommies carry, like sunscreen and lip balm, like things, you know, you're not thinking about when you're, when you're riding a bike for 100 miles, but your crew is, and they're ready for you. Well, what was funny is we built up towards this trip. We're getting closer and closer to, to the trip. And he keeps asking me questions like, hey, um, how many people does the house sleep that we're renting? And I'm like, why are we asking that question? <laughs> well, as the trip gets closer and closer, we're adding more people, teenagers and 20-somethings, to our list. And all of a sudden, we have this, you know, giant group of 12 kids that are there that want to be there with him and they want to crew for him. What a gift, right? Could you not want something more special for your kid? So they also eat a lot of food, by the way. I just want you to know, teenagers. So we did a lot of feeding them. But we get there and race day comes and we have this big crew of people and everybody has the map out and this is where you're going to be and this is where you're going to be. Well, there was a bunch of us that were on this one part and it's at mile 80. I said 80. I said 8-0, Okay. He's been pedaling for 80 miles at this point. He gets to this part, and it's called the power line climb. It is a four-mile climb with a 1,300-degree, um, I mean, excuse me, it's a 40, there's parts of it that are like a 46-degree like pitch, but it's a 1,300-feet elevation gain at mile 80. Okay. Now, the thing about Powerline, as you can see, you, you thought I said it was a bike race. Like, that would make you think people were pedaling and on a bike, right? Well, at this part of the, of the race, you are pushing your bike up for four miles because you cannot get enough movement to get going. The pros, there's 1,700 racers, I think 20 or 30 of them pedal up to the top. It's amazing. And let me, let me clarify, when I say the pros that are pedaling up to the top, they're pedaling and it, they're going so slow, we're walking next to them and going, good job, you're doing great, you're doing great. Like, it's that slow. So it's that steep. So I get a phone call, I've got our whole crew, we're on the mountain, I get a phone call and um, my husband is um, farther down the course and he says to me on the phone, don't tell everybody, but he's probably not going to make it. Because there's a time cutoff, so you have to finish in 12 hours so you don't get the big silver belt buckle and, and you don't get the finish. And so he said, I don't mean to be alarming, but the, the, the numbers don't look like he's going to make it this year. And so just be there for him and cheer for him. But I'll tell you what, if you guys can get him up the mountain and he doesn't stop, he's got a chance. So, you know, I'm the mom. So immediately what I do is I get his roommates, his college roommate and his other high school buddy, and I send them down the mountain, and I say, you have got to get him up this mountain because he's not going to make it if you don't. 
And so these boys head down to the mountain, and for four miles, they walk up with him. And if you could hear what was happening, I'm the mom, I'm running down the mountain taking pictures like, okay, this, this is going to matter. And people are looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm taking pictures for Bible study. It's going to matter. <laughs> but they got him up. And so they walked with him and the words that they were speaking over him and they were pushing him. And what you can't see is they have backpacks full of water and watermelon and all these things and they're giving to him and he is desperately just trying to stay upright because the rules are that he has to push his own bike, but you can push him. And so they're pushing him up, pushing him up. And as we get farther up the mountain, then more people gather with my, my daughter and some of their other friends, other of the 12 teenagers that I was feeding for the week are all with him. And all the people are walking up and Braden has this entourage. And he got up the top of the mountain and he finished the race because of that. And the amazing part of it is, and I hope you guys hear me, is that he first thing he did, after he hugged his mom and his dad, of course, was he hugged his friends and he said, you're the difference makers, I couldn't have done it. And they even ran across the finish line with him, which was really super cool. But I want you to remember, when you see these images, I want you to think about this for a minute. We are trekking up a mountain. You are trekking up power line. I'm not going to lie. There's going to be times where you're going to look at this and go, what have I taken on? But you have friends in this room who will help you up the mountain. And you have friends in this room who may need a help. Amen? I'm going to need a help sometimes. What about y'all? We're in it together. This is community. This is intended for us to do together. You were never intended to do this alone. You were never intended to do this alone. And by this, I mean life. God has great purpose in his word and sending his son and sending fellow believers that get to do this alongside you. So I hope you will take advantage of it. We are in it together, man. We can do it. Sometimes you're pushing. Sometimes you're helping. Sometimes you need a push. I'm going to pray. And we're going to wrap this part up. And then we're going to get to go do some fun stuff. Will you pray with me? Father, you love us so much that you give us friends that we don't even know that we need. You love us so much that when we need a push, you're there. And it's this beautiful thing, right, that you come down to this earth and you infuse the lives of other men and women to be your hands and feet. And it is so amazing to watch happen. And God, we know that we are trekking up a long climb and, and sometimes it can feel so overwhelming, this life. But Father, every person you brought to this study is here for a reason. And you have such amazing truth to share with them. You want to transform their world. You want to show them who you are. And you want to show them in turn who they are and who they can be by trusting you in your son Jesus. And we just thank you. We thank you that we get to do this, this journey together. It would be real lonely if we were by ourselves. So remind us, God, in those moments where we want to turtle up and hide, that you don't want us alone. We are in it together. Community. Thank you. Thank you for the trek. Thank you for the mountain. Thank you for the struggle because at the top of the mountain on the other side of the struggle is joy. We love you so much, Lord. We give you this time, the rest of this day, and we thank you for your son. In Jesus' name, amen.